natural to our flesh. But you are also choosing what is greater. And you are surrounded by brothers and sisters in this place that will love you and encourage you and walk you through all of it. So welcome again to Christway. My name's Kelsey. And this morning I'm wrapping up this four-week series that we've been working through called A Divine Invitation. If this is your first time here, at least in the last four weeks, that might sound like an invitation from the divine. But um, if you'll go to Psalm 139, 23, and 24, we're actually unpacking this invitation from the author, David, to God. Or as we read this as a prayer ourselves, it becomes an invitation from me to the Holy Spirit, from you to the Spirit. Psalm 139, 23, and 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Search me, know my heart or my feelings, right? Try me and know my anxieties. Try me or test me and know my thoughts and emotions. And then see if there is any wicked way in me. We talked about see me and show me my wicked ways, my sin, my behaviors. And finally, lead me in the way everlasting, So that's the title this week, A Divine Invitation, Lead Me. Andy talked the last three weeks on inviting God to search us and know us, to test us and know us, and to see us and show us. And he unpacked what we're really inviting him to do is examine all the parts that make up our soul and our body, our desires, our emotions and thoughts, our actions. But what does that do for us? And where does that leave us if we don't invite God to do this important last piece? If we invite him to show us what we really look like on the inside and to point out the places that we're broken or failing, and he does, where does that leave us? Andy made a really cool analogy last week that these asks that we're placing on the Spirit are like having access to the best doctor in the world with the most high-tech machines and tests that are 100% reliable and able to identify anything that could be wrong in your body. But if you get that report back from this doctor and he tells you your disease is 100% curable with his medical expertise, how many of us will walk out of that doctor's office and say, thanks so much, and go out on our own and try to fix this disease ourselves. Like, I don't have the tools. I don't have the prescription medications. I cannot perform surgery on myself. But thank you. I'm going to take this information. Now I know what's wrong, and I'll just try really hard to fix myself. I don't think any of us would respond like that in reality. Now, I know there's some people here, maybe in this room, who just don't like doctors, You haven't been in years. You don't want anyone poking around and finding out or making you sit through any uncomfortable treatments. And that is so fine. I'm not here to make anyone go to the doctor, although my day job is being a pharmacist, so please take your medicine, people. I'm simply trying to express what kind of incredible access we have to God, to this perfect doctor. 
The scripture doesn't just say, show me, test me, and see me. This beautiful last line invites God to lead us in the everlasting way. Not only can Jesus see us completely, not only will he identify your emotions, thoughts, and actions to you, he's not just the doctor with a diagnosis, he's the healer, he's the cure. Like I said before, following Jesus is not always easy. It's simple, but not easy. Praying this prayer for God to search us and see us and lead us is really a prayer of surrender. That's what it comes down to, surrender, like Michael said. We really could have worked that into the title of this series. If you've been listening to the last three messages and praying through these invitations to search me, test me, see me, what you're really doing is surrendering your heart, your thoughts, emotions, and your actions to God. Surrender is... Oh, no, Siri, thank you. Surrender is not a word I would say we are very comfortable with in our culture. Surrender sounds like and feels like something negative, like a loss. To me, it's waving the white flag or giving up. But... Those of you reading the Freedom Book right now should know this. The truth is that surrendering our lives to God is the beginning of freedom. So if the outcome of surrender means we can know freedom and know Christ deeply and be healed, why is it so difficult? I'm thinking about those people who do avoid the doctor's office and treatments and the medication and the why. What is the hesitation? They don't trust the doctors, right? Nobody wants to submit to the advice of someone they don't trust. I think that's exactly why we hesitate to surrender our everything to the Holy Spirit. Because maybe we aren't fully trusting him. My husband Jeremy and I are dog parents and have two big, sweet, crazy dogs and they are our babies. They both love going for car rides. In fact, we have to block the car doors from the younger one, Rosie, anytime we're unloading groceries or really opening the car door for any reason because given the chance, she will jump up in the car seats ready for a ride to anywhere and we cannot get her out of the car. A couple of weeks ago, we actually took a vacation to Michigan, and we picked Michigan because we wanted to go somewhere in driving distance that uh, we could take the girls with us. It, excuse me, the girls are the dogs, Rosie and Jada. Uh, after they watched us pack up the car, I knew they'd be excited when they realized that we weren't leaving them behind, but that they got to go on this ride with us. We had a six and a half hour drive ahead of us to Traverse City, which is Definitely the longest car ride they'd ever been on. I wished I could have told them where we were going. I wished I could explain that it was going to be a long car ride and that they should really eat their breakfast first and that they could just relax and it would all be worth it in a few hours. And although they know a few important words, the reality is we speak a different language. They can't possibly understand all the things that I want to tell them. They had no context for the word vacation, and yet 
they trust us. They have no clue where we're headed when they hop up in that car. Usually it's one of three places. They're Lucas grandparents, they're Stooky grandparents, or the vet. And they still trust us. Rosie is so desperate to be near us. The car door opens and boom, she's in. She's saying, wherever you're going, I'm in. Maybe the truth is she just gets bored being at home all the time. But I like to think she wants to be with us. She doesn't want to miss out on time with us. She doesn't care where we go. If it's just a country cruise, she just wants us to take her with us. I mean, my dogs even follow me to the bathroom. Uh, my dogs are my only frame of reference, okay. But don't your kids do this too? <laughs> follow you everywhere? Want to know what you're doing and why? Why? <laughs> and don't they trust you, especially when they're itty-bitty? Even when you can't fully explain what's going on, they might not know where you're headed, but with you leading them by the hand, they just go where you lead. That is the kind of childlike faith God desires for us to have with him. That's always been a weird thing to wrap my mind around that Jesus told the disciples, we must become like little children to enter his kingdom. But now I think about Rosie and Jada. They don't know where I'm taking them, but they trust me enough to lead them. What if we trusted the spirit like that? Life could be so uncomplicated if I just rest in him, trust him, surrender to him. So how do we get there to this place of natural surrender, of sweet surrender? It will never be easy or feel sweet until we truly believe that his ways are higher than our ways and that he is for us. If you're taking notes, that's the two things. Surrender will feel sweet when we believe that his ways are higher than our ways and that he is for you. I'm sure you've heard that verse in Isaiah quoted. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. One of my favorite verses is also from Isaiah, and we're going to go there now, Isaiah 40. You probably are familiar with the end of Isaiah chapter 40. Maybe you know the song, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Mount up on wings as eagles. Okay. Uh, but this is actually a few lines before. I think I've had this highlighted in my Bible since high school, and I don't know why, but um, the language in here has just always grabbed my attention. Isaiah 40, 28 says, Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary, his understanding is unsearchable. His understanding is unsearchable. I've heard God's will described for me as greater, better, higher, but unsearchable. Something about that description shakes me, leaves me in awe. Think about the world we live in. Unsearchable? Everything is searchable. Kids these days will never know the struggle of having to look for answers in an encyclopedia. There used to be many things that weren't searchable. But now with Google, 
Are you kidding me? Nothing is unsearchable. The internet is limitless. Heck, now we have this AI, these bots uh, that you can ask questions, and they search the internet for you and formulate real sentences, images. They do all the search work for you. It's wild. We can get answers to just about anything. And yet, the everlasting God, the creator of the universe, says his mind is unsearchable. We just can't know. Like my dogs who speak a different language. As much as I want to describe for them all the cool things we'll do when we arrive at our destination, and even though I do talk to them and try to express that they can relax and enjoy the journey, they just can't comprehend it all. So I imagine that's what it's like with God. He just speaks and understands on an entirely other scope. No matter how closely I follow him, there are always going to remain mysteries to me. There are always going to be questions involved in following him. But if I can trust that he is for me, the not knowing what comes next gets easier to step into. So how do you know whether God is for you? Just begin studying the word. There's evidence everywhere. Romans 8.31, what shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Exodus 14.14, 14, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Psalm 56.9, then my enemies will turn back in the day that I call. This I know, that God is for me. 1 Peter 5.7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Isaiah 41.10, fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. And more than this, what does your testimony say? Can you look back and see the times the Lord has been for you? Where you didn't understand your circumstances, and yet you can look back and see evidence of his work in and through you. I know the pain of unfulfilled desire, of longing, and waiting, and crying out to God, why? And I can look back and see that if God had answered and given me what I wanted on my timeline, there are human beings that I got to be a face in their story who now know Jesus Christ and will spend their eternity with him, and that wouldn't have happened. There are people I love that considered taking their own lives, and they are still here today because I was a face in their story. That wouldn't have happened. In the story I was writing for myself, there are so many relationships and beautiful pieces in my story that I would have completely missed out on. On January 1st of this year, I decided my mantra for the year was to make room, like the song, for God to do whatever he wants to. Jeremy and I decided we'd have guests in our home on a more regular basis and serve a meal to others and just get to know people on a deeper level. And after our third or fourth dinner guests, people who came and prayed in our home and prayed that it would be a place of blessing others, guess what happened? We got a roommate. <laughs> I always thought my guest room was supposed to be a nursery by now, but 
I just couldn't see that the Lord needed Jeremy and I for so much more. His ways are unsearchable. My dear friend Tina and I have been talking about this lately with our freedom group. That, man, it is so hard to not know what's next and to let Jesus take the wheel. It's so hard to not see the big picture. And whatever his plan is for me, I do not want to miss it. Inviting the Spirit to lead you changes everything. We are asking him to make my wants, my thoughts, emotions, behaviors, all of me match his spirit to transform me, to want what he wants. Because it's kind of sure to be better. Better in his terms, at least. Maybe not as the world's or my old self would have seen it. I know that there's hurt and heartbreak and longing in this room. We're waiting on the Lord to provide the companion, the spouse, the baby, the next job, the financing, the healing from disease. And if he could just let us know how it ends, we think we could rest a little easier. But his understanding is unsearchable. I'm thinking about my dogs excitedly jumping in the car, trusting us. And then what they must have been thinking about four hours in, <laughs> they had to be hungry, getting anxious, wondering if we'd ever arrive anywhere. They might have picked up on small things we said, like fun. Maybe they know that word. They probably had the most vague idea of what was happening. But I'm pretty sure if they could talk, they would tell us that they would do it all over again. They had the best time on vacation, special vacation treats, hikes in the woods. <laughs> I wonder if God is trying to tell you or show you what he has in store for you, but we just can't understand it all yet. But I hope you will let him do business with you, showing you your heart, your mind, your actions, so you can make that choice to surrender to him, to jump in the car Say, lead me in the way everlasting. To let that incredible doctor show you your true colors, your exact diagnosis, and then invite him to actually be your healer and lead you in his way. I promise you, you do not want to miss it. Let me pray over you. God, thank you for this house of prayer today. Thank you for the individuals who have stepped up to proudly show their church family that they have decided to follow you, to surrender to you, God. Lord, would you help us, help us to want to, help us want to surrender, God. Help us to trust you with the unknown. Let the surrender be sweet. Lord, we know that we just cannot understand your mind and the way that you are working, but we know that you are greater and higher, and that will, it will be more worth it than we can imagine. So God, I pray that we would just release ourselves to you, that we could surrender to you, that we could lay it down and just let you carry us, Jesus. Lord, I pray a blessing over this place, and I pray it all in your precious name. Amen.